Amen. Let's stand Second Peter chapter number 1. And uh, don't die on me because I'm preaching. Amen. And uh, we certainly need. Uh, I'm going to take a few moments this morning and throw out the lifeline and uh, pray that somebody comes and gets born in the family of God. And uh, I just feel like I've uh, been feeling impressed about this uh, all weekend. That next Saturday at uh, 7 o'clock, uh, let's make it 730 uh, next Saturday at 7.30, uh, any of the men that would like to meet here and pray, we're just going to meet and pray. And we're not going to do anything. We're not going to uh, say anything. We're just going to come in and have an old-fashioned prayer meeting. And uh, if you can't come, do not feel bad. There's no obligation to that. In fact, if you have a super busy day, I would rather you pray at the house. I mean that. I wouldn't be offended at all. But anybody that feels compelled to come, we're just going to meet and pray at 7.30 next Saturday. You say, what are we praying for? Well, one, I've got something specific that I'm asking the Lord about. But then uh, secondly and most importantly, I'm just praying for the touch of God on our church. Amen. And that we stay in the spirit of revival. Amen. I just think we're going to need prayer meetings uh, the further uh, we go along this way. So if you're interested and you feel compelled and you're led by the Lord, you obey God. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse number 1 this morning. The Bible says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that obtain like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Father, I want to thank you for every testimony that's been given this morning. Lord, how our hearts have been helped and how the service has been helped by just the redeemed of the Lord saying so. And I pray this morning, God, that you'll bless this message. I pray that as it goes forth, Lord, no doubt there's people here this morning under the sound of our voice that's never been saved. I pray the Holy Spirit of God would do the work that no man can do. God, I pray that you'd convict and draw them to an altar of repentance and salvation this morning. And God, may they get born in the family of God today. Lord, I ask if you would to just bless us these next few moments. And we'll bless you and we'll thank you and we'll praise you. For we ask in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to draw your attention uh, to this text this morning in verse number 1 as it opens with a servant of God talking about Simon Peter. Notice he says a servant. And then it talks about the saints as he says to them that have obtained like precious faith. And so uh, Simon, this servant, is writing to the saints of God. And boy, I appreciate uh, the fact that it's already been said this morning, but I'm glad that I'm a part of the family of God. I'm glad that I'm saved this morning. I'm glad that I can raise my hand with the redeemed and say that I have more than religion. I have more than a formality this morning. This is not something that I do because I have to, but it's because I want to. Amen. I'm not living the Christian life, uh, uh, but there's something living inside of me, uh, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's the servant, there's the saints, uh, uh, but I want you to notice this salvation here. As he says to them that have a obtain like precious faith.
faith with us, notice this, through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So uh, Peter highlights himself as a servant. He highlights the saints of God that he is writing to. Uh, but then he highlights most of all uh, the salvation that brought them together. And you know what has brought every one of us together? It's that old rugged cross hanging on that wall back there. Uh, and that's the emblem of suffering and of shame. Uh, without the cross, none of us would have known each other. Without the cross, our past would have never uh, came together. But because of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we consider ourselves brethren. We consider ourselves saints of God. We consider ourselves family. Amen? Uh, because uh, the old rugged cross makes a difference. Amen? And so Peter is emphasizing uh, uh, because of salvation, uh, there are things that accompany salvation. Notice in verse number 2 here, he talks about grace and peace uh, and that company salvation this morning. He talks about the knowledge of God. Well, I'm glad this morning because we're saved, uh, because we've obtained like precious faith, uh, we have grace, uh, we have peace, uh, and we have the knowledge of God. Amen? What that means, it doesn't mean that I have God's knowledge, uh, but what it means is that now because I'm saved, uh, I'm I have a God conscience, amen? My spirit, my conscience has been regenerated. It's been made alive, thank God. And because of salvation, we're constantly acknowledging God in our life, amen? And so he talks about in verse number three some of the other things that accompany salvation, divine power. And he talks about life and godliness and glory and virtue, all of these things. My friend, are in verse number two and three and they accompany salvation. I'm glad because we're saved we've got divine power. Amen. Because we're saved we got life. Amen. Jesus said I'm come not that you might have life but that you might have it more abundantly. Amen. You may be lost this morning and say preacher what is abundant life? It's beyond the realm of physical life. A friend and you can have it today. It is spiritual life in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm thankful this morning uh, that we've got godliness. Amen. You see, the world looks at us and they don't understand why we want to live the way we live. They don't understand why we want to do the things we do. And I remind all of us this morning, had it not been for the grace of God, you and I would be just like them. If you want to know why the world does what they do and why they live the way they live, it's very simple this morning. They're blind and they cannot see. The reason they won't go this way is because they can't see this way. They're like a blind man walking around. And had it not been for Calvary, you and I would be lost in our blindness we'd be living just like them we'd be lost and undone without God but because of salvation this morning thank God we have life and we have godliness amen and we've got glory and we've got virtue but what Peter does is he highlights our faith and you know this is faith promise Sunday and we're praying about what to give to missions this year and giving to missions is about sending the gospel around the world amen 
And on this faith promise Sunday, I want to preach a few minutes on this subject, on the promise of faith. Amen? The promise of faith. Now, Peter talks about that, and he tells us in verse number one that faith is precious, as he says to them that have obtained like precious faith. Amen? I want to ask you this question this morning. Have you obtained the faith that Peter is talking about in verse number one? You see, religion won't do anything for you, but faith is precious this morning. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Hebrews 11 and verse number six says, but without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In 1 Peter chapter, or 1 John 5 and verse number four, the Bible says, and this is the victory that overcometh this world, even our faith. In the book of Romans and the book of Hebrews, and in the book of Habakkuk the Bible says the just shall live by faith you may be here this morning and say preacher I don't have that faith how can I get that faith Romans 10 and verse 17 says so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God amen you know what I believe this morning I believe if there's somebody here lost and you don't have one ounce of faith in what I'm saying if you'll just listen to what this book says these next few minutes. And if you'll just believe what the Word of God says, you'll have enough faith to be saved. You believe that this morning? Let me tell you, we didn't get saved because uh, uh, we had some supernatural faith. Uh, we didn't get saved because uh, you said, well, my mom and dad raised me this way. That ain't why you got saved, friend. I've met scores of them that was raised the same way and walked out that door and never had an ounce of faith. Uh, you know when a man gets faith uh, is when he puts his trust uh, in what God said in this book. Amen. My faith is not in an altar. My faith is not in an experience. Uh, my faith is in not shedding tears. Uh, and I believe in every bit of that. Uh, but if you didn't come to an altar if you didn't have some great experience uh, and if you didn't shed one tear if you put your faith uh, in the word of God uh, then faith in the Bible is what saves a person amen you say well preacher how do you know you believed I'll tell you very simply how I know I believe because I still believe right now amen I'm telling you, if you're still believing, that's faith, friend. That's working in your life. And faith is precious. And then he tells us that faith is prosperous. Notice he said in verse number two, grace and peace be multiplied. Amen. You see, when you get saved, God doesn't do like what the TV evangelist will tell you. He doesn't let you drive a Rolls Royce. He didn't stuff your pockets full of diamonds and rubies. He didn't grow your, he doesn't grow your bank account when you get saved. Oh no, he gives you something far more prosperous than the riches of this world. When you get saved, friend, faith gives you things that riches and money cannot buy. Amen. You say, what is that? He gives you grace and he gives you peace. Amen. You see, listen, I'd rather not have two nickels to rub together and lay my head down at night and have the peace of God in my soul and the grace of God applied to my life 
as to have the largest check you can ever write me. Money cannot bring happiness. It only makes people miserable. But Jesus, thank God, will give peace. He is right for whatever's wrong in your life. Amen. And so faith is precious and faith is prosperous. But then in verse number three, he tells us that faith is powerful. Amen. Notice what he said there. He said, according to his divine power. I want to tell you this morning. I thank God for the power of faith. Because to, to God gives every man a measure of that faith. But whenever man exercises faith in the word of God, it's not man that saves himself. You may come down that aisle and say, Preacher, if I walk down that aisle and I really believe what you're telling me this morning and I really trust it to save me, will, will I really be saved? How can you be so sure that I'll really be saved if I put my faith in the Word of God? I'm going to tell you something. You can put your faith in religion and I couldn't assure you nothing this morning. You can put your faith in good works and I can only assure you hell. But if you put your faith in the Word of God, I'm going to tell you how I can assure you that because the Bible has got divine power. Amen. There is no power in works and there's no power in religion. Oh, but thank God this morning the Bible says that the word of God is quick and it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart this morning. You know how you get saved? You can't save yourself. But when you put your faith in the right substance, it's the substance that saves you. Now that may not make you shout. That makes me want to run around this whole building right now. Amen. I'm telling you, Brother Allen, I couldn't keep myself one second. I couldn't keep myself one day. I couldn't keep myself one minute. Oh, but the book I hold in my hand this morning, it's a keeping me, brother. It's a sure foundation. It's a solid rock on Christ. The solid rock I stand. All other ground is seeking ground. Saying, but thank God for faith in the word of God. Amen. I had a lady come to me one time. It's probably been a year ago. And she may be sitting here this morning. I don't know. But she came to me and she said, uh, I think I'm lost. I said, why do you think you're lost? She said, because I'm doubting my salvation. Immediately, I said to myself, that lady's not lost. She just said herself and don't even realize she's doubting her salvation. Lost people don't have salvation. Can I get an amen? And she used the word doubt. Amen. She said, I don't know if I'm saved. I'm doubting my salvation. I said, she ain't, she, she ain't lost. Uh, and I asked her this question. I said, well, I said, what makes you think you're lost? Uh, and she said, well, what if I didn't do this? What if I didn't do that? What if I didn't say the right words? What if I didn't believe uh, at the very moment that I said I believed? Uh, I said, let me ask you a question. Uh, I said, who's doing the saving in this story here? Are you trying to save yourself uh, or did he save you? Uh, she she said, well, when I went to the altar and asked him, I, I just trusted him to save me. I said, do you believe the Bible? She said, I believe every word of it. I said, that's good enough for me, but more importantly, it's good enough for God. Amen. Now, you see, friend, a lot of times the devil wants to convince people that they're lost. But can I tell you, if you're saved, you can only be saved one time. Amen. That's why when people come to the altar and say they're lost and they've been in church, 
I don't necessarily believe they're saved, but I don't buy that bill that they're lost neither. Amen. I want the Holy Ghost to make it real to them. Amen. There's nothing wrong if they don't get it settled going back and praying about it. Amen. In fact, most people that are saved, that's trying to get saved again, will not get it settled right here. They'll struggle here time and time and time again. And one day, somewhere, somehow, they'll get to a point of desperation and they will realize that no preacher, no church, no deacon, no Sunday school, nobody can help them. Their spouse can't help them. Their parents can't help them. Oh, that's a good thing. And they'll get to the point, they'll get so desperate. You know what they'll do? They'll finally just come in themselves and say, well, God, if I'm going to hell, I'm just going to go to hell trusting the Bible and I'm going to go to hell trusting the blood. Amen. Hey, that's a good place to be in because not one person ever went to hell trusting the Bible or trusting the blood. Thank God it saves. And my friend, faith is powerful. It's divine power. But then he says here that faith is promised. Amen whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promise. The promise of faith this morning. Now I want to say this. The promise of faith, Peter tells us here that it's given. Do you know that salvation has been given to every sinner that will trust it and believe it? Amen. Now I know it's past 12 o'clock, but don't die on me. We're not Presbyterian this morning. You're not in a Methodist church. Young people, Brother Barnes has given $10 to every young person that says amen. There we go. Better ante up, brother. It's coming. Hallelujah. Y'all just line up after service. Hey, listen. You ought to shout amen every Sunday if you know you're saved. I don't care what kind of week you have. I don't care how tired you are. Listen, don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't pity yourself. Your worst day living for God is still better than your best day living for the devil, friend. You're not going to hell this morning. Salvation's been given to you. I don't care if the preacher does preach past 12 o'clock. Isn't it good to be saved? Just let the restaurants empty out. You won't have to stand in line as long anyway. I'm saying salvation has been given, friend. And what a promise has been given to us. Now, somebody could come up to me after church and say, you're not saved and you're going to hell. I wouldn't believe them. I don't care if I had a signed document that said I was going there. Amen. Certified. I wouldn't believe a minute of it. You say, why? Because I got another document. Thank God. That overrides any document that they may have. That's why I don't like it when people try to correct the King James Bible and say, listen, I, I made this statement one time and made a preacher really mad. I said, it's the Bible God uses. It is the Bible God uses for the English-speaking people, friend. The God of the Bible and the God of revival uses the King James Bible in 2018, and we ought to use it as well. And friend, I make absolutely no apologies about that whatsoever. Amen. But I'll tell you something this morning. This is a signed document by God the Father himself. And the promise of faith has been given. And the promise of faith is great. He said, whereby are given unto us exceeding great. Boy, think about this morning. The great promise of faith that God has given to every sinner. 
It's far beyond. You think about we just come out of Christmas season and gifts have been given. I heard where some a man that I knew had bought his wife a brand new $50,000 vehicle and gave it to her with a big bow on it on Christmas Day. And I thought, man, what a gift that is to buy that vehicle and give it to her. And boy, I'm sure she was surprised. And I'm sure that every time she gets in it and goes down the road, she's excited excited about it but it does not compare to the promise of faith this morning it's far greater than some of the things or any of the things of this world amen you see just like that woman gets in that car and enjoys the gift that has been given you and I that are saved are to get in the vehicle of salvation every day and enjoy the ride that God has put matter of fact once you get in you ain't getting out somebody say amen they ain't no getting in it, you're in it, amen. And it's in you this morning and you ought to be thankful and I ought to be thankful this morning and this promise of faith is great. This promise of faith is given and then this promise of faith is golden this morning. He said it is a great, exceeding great and notice this, precious promise. There's that word again. And to Peter, the grace of God and salvation was most precious. I wonder this morning, is Jesus precious to you? There's a lot of people that claim to be saved. But you can tell by the way they live their life, he ain't precious to them. Now some of them may be saved, but I'd say the vast majority, majority of them has been slipped to counterfeit. I started praying for some of my family members a little differently this year. I'm not talking about my immediate, but some of my distance relatives who say they're saved, but they've leaned toward hell all of their life. They've lived like the devil, and they have absolutely no desire, and nor have I ever seen a desire for them to live for God, but yet they tell me they're saved. Friend, that ain't the salvation of this Bible. If it won't get you out of the bed on Sunday morning and get your clothes on you and get enough clothes on to be clothed, somebody say amen, and go to church and worship the Lord, and if it won't bring you back Sunday night and Wednesday night to church, and I'm not talking about people that are sick and providentially hindered or, or have to absolutely work. But I'm telling you, listen, if you can sit at the house and you watch whatever you want to and never darken the door of a church and it not bother you, listen, you can tell me you're saved till the cows come home. But I'm going to tell you something, that's not the salvation of this Bible. Now you read every person in this Bible that got saved. Let me tell you what marked their life. It was not their experience, and thank God for an experience. But you know what marked every person that, that, that got saved and put faith in Jesus Christ? Do you know what marked them? The, this one th- fact, the fact that they followed Jesus in the way. And how many people do we know this morning that claim to be saved, but they've never followed Jesus in the way? You know, when I got saved, And I'm not lifting myself up this morning. God knows that. But when I got saved, I didn't know John 3.16. I didn't. I didn't know what the Romans road was. I heard somebody making fun of the Romans road the other day. I'm talking about some man church. I'm going to tell you something. I thank God for the Romans road. And the John road. Amen. That's the gospel. But I didn't know what the Romans road was. I didn't know what it meant to be justified. 
The only thing I knew was I deserved to go to hell. And I sure didn't want to go there. I'm thankful somebody pointed me to a cross and said, you don't have to go to hell. Hey, man. The day I got saved, all I wanted to do was miss the fires and the flames of hell. I didn't know, Brother Laddie, that with salvation came the greatest friend you could ever know. I didn't know when I got off my knees and I went back home that I wasn't going home by myself. I didn't know he was interested in more than keeping me out of the fire, but that he was interested in me. Oh, God could have let me went my way. He could have sent me to hell. And listen, he'd have never missed nothing. I'd have just been another statistic in this world. But the good God of heaven said, No, I didn't just save you. I'd have keep you out of hell. But I want to make you a son. I want to make you my child. I want to walk with you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to love you. I want to be there every time you need me. I want to answer all you. Your prayers. I want to hold your hand. I want to help you make the crossing. Woo! And I want to spend eternity with you. I want to take the rags and the filth of your flesh. And one day, I want to change it all into my likeness. I want to take away every imperfection. And I want to make you like the one who's perfect. I had no idea if that's what salvation meant. But I'm sure glad I got in, aren't you? Aren't you thankful you got in? I'm so glad this morning that if my heart didn't beat another beat, don't you worry about me. I'll see you on the other side, friend. If you're saved, I'll meet you in the morning by the bright riverside. I'll be there, Brother Laddie. I believe you'll be there. We'll serve God together through eternity. We'll worship God together, Brother Parnes, around the throne of God one day, one glorious day. Hallelujah. Faith is going to end. And I'll see him face to face. I'll see him in all his glory. The veil's going to be gone one of these glorious days. God is going to drop that old veil. And I'll see Jesus. Hallelujah. We've sung about him. We preached about him. We've shouted over him. But one of these days, we're going to see him. Hallelujah. Woo! Woo! Thank God we'll see him one day. We'll see him one of these days. Oh, to see Jesus. To see him. Hallelujah. Woo! Woo! We're going to see glory. Woo! We're going to see him. Hallelujah. We're going to see him face to face. Hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. I say glory to God. I say thank you, Jesus. I say praise God. Hallelujah. I say bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that's within me. Boys, we're going to see him one of these days. Woo! Woo! I'm going to tell you, if it bothers you, I feel sorry for you. Because it sure ain't a bothering me right now. Woo! And if you think this is something, you wait till we get on the other side. We're going to lose every ounce of dignity we got. 
I'm telling you on the other side, we're not going to care who's standing around. We'll all be glorifying him. We'll all be shouting his praises. We'll all be singing hallelujah. You say, how do you know that preacher? I'm going to tell you something. One step inside that gate and it dawns on you for the first time you just entered a land where there is no sin no more. And you search it all over. There won't be no devil. Woo! It's gone forever. There ain't no sickness. There won't be nobody there won't be nobody pushing one of these. They ain't none of these on the other side. Hey, friend, they ain't nobody doing this on the other side. Woo! It's springtime forever, hallelujah. Everybody's young again on the other side. They ain't no walkers. They ain't no rest homes. There's no hospitals. The doctors are out of business. There's no funeral parlors. There's not one grave in all of that land, thank God. It's all over with. The former things are gone. There's no crying. There's no dying, thank God. It's heaven forever and ever. Woo! And at the top of that mountain, that summit, where that clear crystal river runs down, at the top of that mountain is the throne of God. Woo! And the whole city's filled with His glory. You'll feel His presence from the time you enter in. I don't know how death really is, but this is how I like to think about it. The Bible said, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. On this side, it's agony, it's grief, and it's suffering. It's gloom, and it's doom, it's sorrows, and it's crying. But somewhere between here and there, as the body, as the soul and the spirit starts to leave this body, glory overtakes death. The presence of Jesus overtakes the presence of this world. And as this soul and spirit releases from this body, Moody said, is this death? He said, why, this is my coronation day. He told his wife, he said, I, I done seen the children playing in the streets. He said, is this death? He said, it's too good to be death. I'm going to tell you, my wife looked at her dad when he got ready to pass. And he laid on that bed for five months. And when he got ready to pass... My wife looked at him. He hadn't opened his eyes in about two weeks. They just stayed nearly shut. But when he got ready to die, he opened his eyes real big. was looking up there. And my wife said to him, she said, Dad, she said, you see something, don't you? And he looked over there at her. And he looked back up again. She said, you see something? She said, go ahead. She said, it's okay. You go be with the Lord. We're okay. You go home. He looked at my wife. He looked at her sister. And he looked over at his wife. And then he looked back up, Brother Caleb. And he went home to be with Jesus. Friend, it's real this morning. 
and they're real. They're more real on the other side. Your daddy brother Casey's on the other side. I'm telling you, he wouldn't come back. I mean, he wouldn't be letting up as much as he loves everybody. He ain't coming back. Brother Cape's already outstripped us and he loves you and misses you. Oh, but there's too much glory on the other side. He said, I'll just wait over here a little while longer and thank God one of these days, uh, wouldn't it be good if the rapture, the trumpet sounded and we all just took off right now. How many of y'all like to have lunch in heaven? Wouldn't that beat Shoney's? Anything would beat Shoney's. Or Golden Corral. Wouldn't you like to go to the big Golden Corral? Amen. That's where I want to go. I don't eat Golden Corral. If you do, I pray for you. But I'll eat Golden Corral up there. Hallelujah. It's real this morning. Let's all stand. If it's going to be this good, we're going to have church past 12 every Sunday. Hey, I want to tell you this morning, I really felt my soul. I, you know me. I wouldn't preach if I didn't feel led of the Holy Spirit. But I tell you, I felt my soul. I'll tell you why I preached this morning. It's the only reason why I preached. I mean, other than the fact the Lord told me to. There's only one reason I preached this morning. Because I felt like somebody here needed to be saved. And I just wanted to preach the gospel to somebody that needed to be saved. My friend, I'm telling you this morning, we've done everything the Lord wants us to do. What about you this morning? Our heads are about eyes are closed. Christians are praying. I wonder if there's somebody here this morning, if you died right now, you wouldn't go to heaven. Why don't you come to this old-fashioned altar this morning? Get saved. Get born again. Get born in a family of God, would you? I wonder this morning why the Holy Spirit's pleading with you. Brother David's fixing to sing, and as he sings, Christians are praying, and the Lord is moving. Would you come this morning? Would you be saved while we sing? Would you come? Would you come this morning?